September 22nd, 1996, the new fall lineup arrived. Everybody loved Raymond, but try to remember a single plotline today. Just Shoot Me and Suddenly Susan lasted for multiple seasons because creating new shows is hard. Sabrina the Teenage Witch blended witchcraft and feminism before it was trendy, and Homeboys from Outer Space blended the hopeful future of Star Trek with the racial sensitivity of early UPN. Meanwhile, on Your Neighbors the Scrambler, Jerry Lawler took on Mark Henry at In Your House Mind Games. Don't touch that dial! This is Hell in a Cell Phone. Welcome to another episode of Hell in a Cell Phone, the podcast where we attempt to make sense of the Attitude Era of WWE 20 years later. To my right, I have Bobby Hankinson. Hello. Hey, Bobby. Uh, so, I, we didn't mention this in the intro, but First Wives Club was number one at the box office this weekend. Do you, do you perhaps have any thoughts on First Wives Club? This is the, probably the only time I can have an excuse to say this, but I feel pretty confident that I was the only 12-year-old I knew who loved both the WWE and First Wives Club equally in 1996. Did you see it in the theater? Oh, of course. Yes, I did. I saw it with my grandmother. Uh, I used to go to a lot of movies with her. We also saw Clueless in the movie theater, which I was too young to see when I saw it. Um, and First Wives Club as well, which is a classic film, uh, much more of a feminist piece than what's happening in the WWF at the time, I would say. Oh, I, I think so, I would, we'd all agree on that. I feel like I got that, that itch scratched by First Wives Club, and then I can watch the meatheads pound each other back in WWF. <laughs> so it's kind of a zero-sum game. Like, yeah. you, you win some, you lose some. Yeah, I can only go so far into, like, the trash pile without having to be like, you should probably, like, uh, read some bell hooks or something. <laughs> Even it out. Bobby, as you all know, is our expert on WWE history, and knowing... Nothing at all. To my left, I've got Eric Silver. I know zero things. <laughs> like I'm a newborn baby. Would you say? Would you say that there are, are, are some mind games happening though here, Eric? Uh, they've yes. There's been a lot of mind games. First of all, I'm, I just want to say I'm happy to be here on First Wives Cast. <laughs> <laughs> I am so excited. Uh, Please like and subscribe. Premiere episode. <laughs> Rate review. Um, yeah, I uh, I'm excited for all of the mind games that we're gonna play on each other. This is this is three dimensional te- chess. We are each a dimension, and Bobby's already on his second spike seltzer. So. I am, uh, and this is also the podcast where I update you all on my uh, processing of my childhood trauma at the time. Just so you know, I've started school at this point, and I made friends on the first day, and so things are looking up. I have people to go to the movies with that aren't just my mom. Wait, this, so this is now? It's been two months, and now. Now Aaron is able to socialize. He, yes, he's, that's great. Yeah, he's got he's got a, a a good group of nerds that he met on the first day. Yeah, and then a few people that he met later on that he was going to ditch those nerds for. Oh well, we've all been there. Uh, some of us were the nerds that got ditched. No, I didn't. I was in the drama club with them all through high school. Okay, so you you, you paid your dues. <laughs> I like how um, our. Our podcast is in part uh, regression therapy for Aaron <laughs> and like some kind of way back machine for Bobby. Mm-hmm. And I just get to comment on all of it. Let me just clockwork orange Eric. Yeah. We just force his eyes open <laughs> and make him watch these multiple times. Uh, could we say mind games? <laughs> <laughs> 
So that brings us to the show tonight. We are at In Your House number 10, Mind Games, coming at you from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, from the beautiful whatever defunct corporation. The Comcast Arena. Not even Core States Center. It, it was it's it's such a lyrical name that I forgot. They kept saying like the brand new beautiful quote. I was like, what? Well, they're still using it. Like it's it's still in use today. The really? Flyers and uh, the Sixers play. Like it's not. But the what's court. it renamed? Yeah, not, uh, I don't know. Like the Wachovia Center I mean, or something. Why like would that. they get rid of it? It's a state of the art facility. <laughs> They've got internet. Um, they have working barriers. It's the Wells Fargo Center. Well, now. yeah, sure. Um, I I. I really love the intros to these in your houses. They're they're getting so much better. Todd Pentagill could really narrate the hell out of some drama. If the eyes are the window to the soul, what horrors are locked in the basement of this man's tortured mind? Is his sanity trapped in a maze of madness, or is he a willing soldier in the realm of darkness? In the light there is hope. A champion whose body is virile, whose will is unmatched. In his usual battlefield, he has achieved the highest of honors. But when war begins in the psyche and sanity struggles with lunacy, which will survive? Can the champion continue to live his dream? Or will he awaken in this man's nightmare? Like, I, I would equate like the, the opening packages for pay-per-views now to like NFL films level, but they're getting there. These are monologues I... I... I, I'm really torn on the analogy I want to to make about them, but I couldn't tell if they were written by a seventh grader or written by like an anime writer in their native language and then translated. Because things like a champion whose body is virile. Body is virile. Yep, I've got that written down. Too. Um, Shawn Michaels is is virile AF. Yeah, he's probably the most virile champion we've ever had. I mean, we can ask Sonny. She, she knows he is. That is true. But like, like one line is, but when war begins in the psyche and sanity struggles with lunacy, which will survive? I don't even understand what they're talking about. I, I mean, like I, I get their refer- who they're referring to, but like, what does that mean? I think that's just a Slayer lyric. <laughs> Uh, mankind at the beginning, though, I'm afraid of what I'll do when I no longer have control of my mind. I love that line just because of the idea that this is him in control of his mind. <laughs> if you don't like me at my in control of my mind, <laughs> then, then you, you don't, don't deserve, deserve me. me. <laughs> uh, I fucking laughed out loud at that 3D skull. Holy shit, was it's that like, amazing. Um, Mars Attacks does bondage. Yes. But, but you know that that 3D skull probably cost $300,000 to animate. Oh, 100%. In 1996. They use the same artists as in Virtual Fighter. I was going to say Tekken. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely like a PS1 sort of uh, graphic level. It also had googly eyes. Yeah. That's like, what, it's that's a skull, weird. but somehow there are still eyes in it, and they're like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Great announce team tonight oh, like yeah. all-star announced team well, first of all mr perfect should just announce from now on i mean in in the past yeah yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. i don't know if he's dead he is or if he's problematic but but probably in 19, probably both well, okay maybe. but in 1996 yeah. he's great yeah. yeah i mean i think this is the best announced team that doesn't feature Corey graves or bobby the brain heenan i do feel like also jr is like hinting it is like it's like heel jr a little yeah. bit yeah 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Which I, I don't we'll, like as much, but... We'll talk about that a little bit later yeah. um, when we get to some developments. Can we talk briefly about the... I know, like, you know, we, this is our second in your house, something like that? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, I love that they give this, like, super dramatic monologue, and then it goes <laughs> into... I don't know if the font for in your house is, like, full house... <laughs> Or like um, at the round at the roundhouse. What, what, what was, what was uh, that? Nickelodeon. Roundhouse, the Nickelodeon yeah. show. Yeah, just roundhouse. Yeah. It was. It was something. It's, it was like yeah. somewhere in between where they're like, look at this house, like all this crazy font. It was a little America's Funniest Home Videos. Which yes. in my research, I also found out that this was uh, the start of Bob Saget's last year as his tenure on there. So if you can focus wow. on uh, dick jokes and making us all uncomfortable for the rest of his life. Good for him, man. Yeah. Don't don't let them box you up. Uh, did anybody catch the the sign that said Vince McMahon for God, right behind the announce yes. team? Yes, I did not catch what? that. I caught that. I also caught. Hey, Sonny, fat guys do it better. So we are definitely getting into uh, the, the audience has have embraced the signage, and it's only going somewhere from here. There were some amazing signs like throughout. I don't know if you caught all of them, but. I will. I will call. Some no, of I did. I, I there paused were... for every single sign. <laughs> Wrote it down. I had, had my sign transcriber with me. Annotated it. Uh, I didn't watch this one on closed captions. I just didn't have the time or or, or the interest. I don't want to jump ahead, but this was not a good one for me. Uh, good chance, and we'll get to that as soon as. I just need to point out there were three dark matches mm-hmm. for this one here. Oh, okay. Jake Roberts versus Triple H. Farouk versus Mark Marrow and Psycho Sid versus Vader, which all of those could have replaced so many matches on the actual card. Are yeah. you saying you didn't want to see Jim Cornette versus <laughs> Jose Lothario? Because... Apparently they didn't either because the match was 56 seconds long. But oh isn't God. that much better than the alternative of them going for like 25? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, at least it's only over in 57 seconds or whatever. Uh, first off, we had Savio Vega versus Thick Daddy, Justin Hawk Bradshaw. Well, before though, it was before the after the dark matches, but before the show, there was the free-for-all. Right. And in the free-for-all, Savio Vega uh, wrestled on the free-for-all, and Justin Hawk Bradshaw interfered at the end of that match, which then led into this match. So remind me, free-for-all was kind of like a Sunday Night Heat kind of thing. It, would it was be before, before... He, it literally was free. On, well, yeah, it was but pay-per-view that's, that's what I'm watch. saying. It was yeah. like the free thing that you could watch It was before. like the pre-show, except yeah. without all the recap. It was just actually with some of the recap, but it was a half hour instead of an hour. Okay. Um, no panel. It was just sort of like they had one match, and it was the idea was to get you then to buy the pay-per-view. Was it on like the pay-per-view channel? Yes. So, you yeah. would, so Bobby would be on the pay-per-view channel yes. like watching the free-for-all hoping, would hoping against hope that this would be the time that they forget yes to, to literally like put the uh yes literally okay so yes on the free-for-all um you already said it yes yeah, Savio vega wrestled on that the hawk interfered so Savio vega is wrestling essentially back-to-back matches um, um but you just stepped on when i said thick daddy he is, oh my god like the thickest daddy he was Way think they had that hair. You know me and long hair. I do. Which is a problem for me and the wrestlers of the time, of in the 90s, because a lot of them have the long hair. Well, not even just, like, long hair. Just, like, long, stringy hair. Yeah, like it, it, Nothing about the the upper part of him looked good. Correct. But the lower, yeah, shoulders down could get it. <laughs> oh it was sort God. of like a tall such a Scott Dawson. Ass. Or Dash Wilder. I can never remember. Whatever the, from the revival today. Uh, one thing I noted about it is that 
when he came out, he kind of looked like, and, and he kind of he, he's come out once before that I've seen. Right. And uh, every time he comes out, he looks like a guy, like a middle aged guy who is at home and heard a, heard a ruckus outside and threw on his bathrobe <laughs> and came out to see what was this about? Because like he was in his tidy whities he has this like long flowing like shitty robe. Yeah, there's a lot. There's something to this day that persists where wrestlers feel like the duster is the way to go. Their most intimidating fashion choice. You see it on a uh, Gallows now in a uh, Gallows and Anderson. Yeah, like it's yeah. it's so like it, it's it's like so bad comical. I'd almost expect to see him like an Adam Sandler character. Yeah, yeah, like, what are you guys doing? And like, you know, yeah, they get into like... So it's like, fuck you, old man McGillicuddy. We're going to play here. Well, he essentially looks like the naked cowboy from Times Square. Just like uh-huh. his long hair and that body. Like, it's literally, he's a dead ringer. He also has, a, like, an incredibly stupid face. Like, his face looks like he doesn't get it at any moment. Well, it's insane to think that he becomes... JBL like right. that's that's like who doesn't look like who has a different kind of dumb face you want to punch but like in a different but I mean way? it's all like it's insane like all of the iterations that he's had oh, yes. of, of him and we're, he's do going, I get to see more oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah he he goes through like he's the caterpillar in the chrysalis becoming a beautiful butterfly every single time is this his first incarnation yes this is his first um, even main roster pay-per-view was what, what this was this time. When he started wrestling, were they like, you should make your name as long as possible? Justin the Hawk Bradshaw? It's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot, lot. of, yeah, lot yeah. of syllables. Yeah, I feel there's a lot of like, blah, blah, the blah, 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 blah. Like, I feel that I mean, was, that's Hunter a standard. Hunter Helmsley. That's a pretty rough one to but swallow. He also but made I mean, a good change. But, I mean, that was also great for his character, too, because he's Hunter Hurst Helmsley. Oh. <laughs> I would know what you're saying if I had seen him talk. That's All true. I, he has. I really... saw him just get what body slams or something. Oh, that's true. Because we started with King of the Ring, and now yeah. he's like kind of finally back in some kind of graces where he's getting some screen time. Yeah. So what um, what I'm excited about with this match was that I got to finally see a Caribbean strap match. Yeah. Uh, I've only heard tell. <laughs> I've uh, only heard the tales. I I I, I also. Like, I'm glad I know what it means now, but also I felt like watching the match, I had to understand what it meant. Because, like, I could not... I, I was like, wait, what does an uninterrupted, like, tag of four parts mean? And, and how, do they, how do they interpret that? Because all the shit that was happening, like, the way it ended, I was like, ah, this doesn't make any sense to me. I think they have a different definition of uninterrupted. I mean, and that's basically every Caribbean strat match. Does... does and I know Savio Vega has a, an uh, uh, undefeated a, a, record. A glowing record when yeah. it comes to... Was this his match. idea? Does he just go, hey guys, how about a Caribbean Spanish <laughs> match? Like, I want to... This is how I wrestle now. He was pretty good at them, I gotta say. But they love the gimmick matches. And I feel like this the Caribbean Spanish match goes under, like, different... They do it in a bunch of different ways later. Like, the same idea, except instead of a Caribbean strap, it's like a bull rope match oh. or like a cattle rope match or I mean, like a blah blah I, I even remember recently wasn't Rusev versus John Cena like no. a four corners match wasn't that the no yeah, didn't they do a flag like on that. a pole match which is different there was a four corners match that yeah, I remember I think there was I thought it was a flag match not that I remember <laughs> we'll go to the record yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll let you that. we'll fill you in on the, uh, on the we'll get there eventually the so that'll be like how many months from now until we get to <laughs> Uh, we'll just do it in terms of Tom, uh, like when you the way you refer to an infant that was just born. Oh yeah, months. It'll be so he's you know four hundred eighty-two months old. Yes. 
Um, How Philadelphia was this audience? Very, and also during this match, that that was the whole ECW angle. Mm-hmm. If you, I need to know about this. Okay. This was by far more interesting than the match. Yeah, and almost I believe by design. Uh, so this is going to kick off a relationship between the WWE and ECW. This so was let's, a let's uh, let's back up and so so ECW. Oh, well, well, let's let's yeah. Let, How far we back? can start? Let's back up. Uh, what happened when the Earth cooled? <laughs> no. Um, so in the in the match, uh-huh. Savia Vega is uh, he's about to kind of start like taking over uh, with with Bradshaw, and then all of a sudden, one of the guys in the audience like spits beer all over him, mm-hmm. and then smashes beer cans that are full mm-hmm. against his head. Correct. And Savio Vega looks like he wants to fucking kill the guy. Correct. And then, uh, I don't know, the security gets involved. And also, can you picture a beer can being sold at a, like a sporting event? Uh, with, with, when it's not opened already? No. Not at all. So this was a very well done, worked shoot. So it looked like something was not supposed to be happening, but it was all planned all along. <gasps> WWE and ECW had a relationship. ECW was very big in Philadelphia at the time. Um, they were like a Philadelphia-based promotion. They were known for their hardcore extreme rules, everything. They, they, they're the Dudleys are from, Sabu, Taz, all of the bar. And Paul bar. Heyman. Paul Heyman. Well, yeah, Paul, Paul was Paulie Dangerously, who ran the Federation at the time. Okay. Um, he was in charge. Now he's Paul Heyman. He used to have a, a baseball cap with a ponytail in it. Uh, he, so it was he, fake though just like uh, Kane's, Kane's hair. hair no I mean that's what I love about it so it was him Sandman was there and who else was there from ECW in this and Tommy Dreamer wait who was actually at the that we saw tonight was Paulie Dangerously was there he didn't make you didn't see him as much Tommy Dreamer was there he looks like any guy from Philadelphia and then Sandman is the one who smashed the beer can on his head that was kind of his thing at the time was to do that. What does ECW stand for? Extreme Championship Wrestling. Extreme Championship. So it was a very, they were known for being violent and sexual and kind of like naughty and they, they were based in Philadelphia they and they were naughty. they were a little naughty. You can um, go back and, and there's one match in particular where the entire audience just starts throwing chairs into the ring. Like, it's crazy. Like it's insane, super dangerous, but yeah. like very in line with with the way. Are we doing that podcast? <laughs> they were barbed wire, explosives, tables. I mean, like this all that was all ECW that like did that kind of stuff. Because before it was just like Hulk Hogan say your prayers, eat your vitamins, and then ECW was sort of like this like punk rock, almost like um, legitimized backyard wrestling. And this was was this owned at all by Vince? This Not was owned the time. by Vince McMahon. No. It was not. It was a totally separate entity. But at this time, WCW, like as the time we're watching, the NWO was just happening in WCW, which yeah. is huge. Yeah. Uh, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, Diesel and Ramon had just left the company for WCW. Hulk Hogan had left. I mean, all of these folks are jumping in ship. So Vince McMahon and Paul Heyman have a relationship. Uh, Paul Heyman and Paulie Dangerously have a relationship to kind of uh, help each other out. So the ECW starts making appearances at WWF programming, starting with this. And I think they did an, actually a really good job sort of no-selling this. They don't say ECW, even like the commenters kind of they put did. them down. They did, but they were Well, they like, said they were like, oh, it's like a rival, like a startup federation here. No, they said ECW. No, the, the crowd was chanting ECW. Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure Vince McMahon I don't think it. they name it. 
Oh, you know what? You're right. I think he said like another. Yeah, like a local wrestling like organization yeah, yeah, yeah. or federation or whatever is doing work here. Look good for them trying to make a name for themselves. Like really tried to no sell it. It was a it's a pretty well executed angle. I was a mark. Yeah, I was I was sold on it. Yeah, and so there's more to say about that. But for so the match is it's fun, right? Yeah, I like it. Like that strap yeah. hurts. Like getting whipped with that strap hurts, right? Wow. It's got to. Does anybody find it problematic? Um, that it's called a Caribbean strap match and it's a leather strap and they whip each other a lot with it? I, I think... I don't. You don't? No. no? No? Nothing about, like, slavery in the Caribbean? Okay. <laughs> That's just me. I mean, there might be something there. I... I don't know. I just... I, I connected so much with Savio Vega whose whole identity was I'm from Puerto Rico. Yeah, I think if it was, like, William Regal's signature match i'd be like whoa 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 something didn't smell right here i don't get that william regal was like a british gentleman wrestler he's coming Um, he's on the way yeah 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 he's also he's the commissioner currently of of nxt i cannot wait for the next one to feature him doing a caribbean (laughs) (laughs) then i'd be like and then he's gonna be like vindicated uh so yeah so the match ends and then um we go to backstage where uh savio vega is being beaten by Razor Ramon and Diesel. Is that in air quotes because that wasn't really them? Because I was like, in in my mind, I was like, oh my God, Razor Ramon and, and uh, Diesel. And then, but like, you can't see, they had to name them because they were all the way down the hall. You can't see them. They disappeared through a door. And I'm like, we talked about how they went to WCW. Yeah. So yeah, so they've left for WCW, but WWF realized they still had the rights to the characters and this is really kind of like the low point of WWF is this storyline. This right is a here. very convoluted thing because part of it is also supposed to be like a knowing wink, wink, nudge, nudge, the way they play it off. So this brings, I'm trying to think of how much we want to go into this now, but I think we should just. I think we should yeah. just go. Yeah. Just. So what's great about, so basically how this is going to play out on television and in the weeks, intervening weeks that we won't see not on paper. Well, first off, JR has been for weeks saying Diesel and Razor Ramon are coming back. And so everybody knows that they're on the rival promotion on Monday night, which is airing opposite of them at this point. And so he's been, they're coming, they're coming, they're coming. And also no, to, good, good to know for this time, which is super interesting, is like the dirt sheets, like all like the wrestling, like the Dave Meltzer sort of like wrestling magazines and things like that at the time mm-hmm. are being fed like blind item stories about contract disputes with Kevin Hall, with Scott Hall and Kevin Nash at WCW and opt out clauses and all this stuff. So there's a lot of legitimate buzz about like, where do Kevin Nash and Scott Hall work? (laughs) And this was just, this was basically like rat fucking, right? Like it was just like, like PR sewing in bullshit. That wasn't true. Yes. And this was played out through JR, who was kind of going through his like weird heel moment right here. Um, JR is, for most of his time in WWF and WWE, was just good old JR and just like the reliable, like the no nonsense commentator. But for some reason, they decided to sell him as like a heel commentator for a little while here, as well as a promoter with this storyline. Well, this is early for him, right? Like, because didn't, wasn't he, didn't we see his premiere or no? We oh. saw, I think we saw the first time he commentated on a pay-per-view. Yeah. But, oh, I see. I but see. JR has been, been with the business for like 
forever. So the next night on Raw, Razor Ramon and Diesel are supposed to premiere, and I'm just gonna gonna slide you a picture of who showed up in the ring. Is that supposed to look like Razor Ramon? Yeah. Who the fuck is that guy? No idea. I couldn't Wait. tell you, but I can tell you, Fake Diesel. Well, can you guess who? Can fake you look Diesel a little is? closer? Does he ring any bells to you? Okay, hold on. So, uh, first of all, I was—I think I was looking at Fake Diesel as Fake Razor Ramon. I'm like, you can't. Like, why would he have a beard all of a sudden? <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, he looks like Rusev. Nope. Think older. For starters, yeah, well, yeah, much older. Uh, oh boy, and it... and he's he's somebody who's adept at wearing a wig. Somebody who's adept at wearing a wig. Oh God, is this Kane? <laughs> it's Kane. No! So Kane, Kane took a long time to become Kane because before this, he was Isaac Yankum, DDS, the de- the evil dentist. And then he was saddled with this travesty of a character. I am going to go ahead and officially call, and this isn't you know part of our uh, for your reconsiderations, but I'm going to officially call Kane the Lon Chaney Jr. or or Lon Chaney of wrestling. Okay. These Lon Chaney. That's so many faces. Yeah, the the million faces of Kane. That guy. But yeah, but this so this storyline is bad. This storyline is very bad, and we're but we're the reason we're bringing it up is because we're not going to see them on a pay per view for a little while. But this is going to be going on for about like a few months on Monday Night Raw that they tried and to I make this work. Watching this happen live and truly believing they were coming back and being very excited for them to come back and being truly as like a child, like what the fuck kind of bullshit is this like like a mad little child this is a little bit father the world is bullshit yeah i'm out this is a little bit like uh second becky on roseanne except second becky won people over yeah this doesn't because they tried to play it both ways they tried to fool you and they tried to rub your face in it and it was like it was heat but it was not good heat like it was not the kind of heat it wasn't good heat but everyone was very mad for sure yeah i'm upset and I don't even know. I mean, like, I know Razor Ramon. I don't even know what Diesel looks like. But now I do, sort of. You know what Diesel looks like. You do. Not, he was in Magic Mike. <laughs> what? I don't know. What do you mean? You never saw either Magic Mike movie? Yeah, He's I in just both. didn't know that Diesel was in it. He was the Tarzan guy. Oh, the okay. big guy who was like kind of like moved slowly and couldn't dance at all. But that also, was Diesel. But also, Diesel doesn't even really look like Diesel anymore. True. Listen, I'm sticking by my story. I do not remember. I, I also don't remember what the Tarzan guy looked like that much. I mean, I remember he had a mustache. Big sexy? Big daddy cool? No, I no, no sorry. Yeah, no. Listen, I, I we can, have time. I can, no, I can understand him not knowing that. Um, but yeah, at some point you should go back and it was one of the in your houses like right before we started with uh, the King of the Ring. Um, he has a match against... Um, against Shawn Michaels for the heavyweight championship that is arguably the real kickoff point of the Attitude Era. It's just like super hard hitting. It's like it's just dope as fuck. Check it out. Oh, I have more homework. Okay. <laughs> but like fun homework. Yeah, sure. So then we get into the match of the night, right? Oh, I mean, yes. What everybody's been waiting for. Again, this was mercifully short. I will give it that. And also it gave us something I never knew I needed, which is an athletic mock turtleneck. 
which is <laughs> a piece of athleisure that I feel like we're sleeping on here in our both normcore and athleisure moment we're having as a society in 2018. But Jim Cornette coming out to Vader's music, wearing, I believe, some kind of diaper underneath all that spandex. <laughs> he looks like the Michelin tire man. <laughs> that, yeah, they got they got him with that. Um, first of all, my first fucking comment was, what is this shit? <laughs> like, literally, like, this is, could you imagine, how much did it cost to attend a pay-per-view back then? Well, let me tell $30 you. $30 probably? 30 and how much? Well, I would say fifth. No, probably. it's got to be more. Yeah, it's probably more. more. I think it's it was like I don't, I don't think so. You don't think it's more than $30? I think, I think it's probably no. about $30 to attend this show. I don't think so. I think it's at least 50 Okay, next I think question. It's at least 50. How much do you think it costs to buy it on pay-per-view? Oh, I know that answer. That's 30 Maybe, uh, I think it's that like closer to 50 for the 40. bigger yeah. for the bigger pay-per-view. Yeah. So you're paying that, and on the this big pay-per-view event, you're getting... The fucking managers wrestling each other, and Jim Cornette comes out looking like fucking Mister Incredible. <laughs> I know. I think we watched a different version of The Incredibles. <laughs> if you're gonna say that, and Mister Incredible, the one, one from the the first Incredibles. Yeah, I'm just saying that. Oh the- yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yes, he's. But I, I'm just. I, I. Yes, I mean. No, he his, looks like his. his, his Costume he looks like they, they took all the leftover foam rubber from making Farouk's headdress and just like packed it in there as much as possible. He's wearing padding, right? But why is there a turtleneck? I'm so confused. Because I, I think they want him. They wanted. It sounded like it looked like they were trying to make him fatter than he is. Is that? Right? I don't think that's true. I think that's all him under there. No. What? No. Well, I don't know. Then you know what? Unless they put fake nipples then, in too, because otherwise I'm like, no, we're looking at this man's body. Have then you, you know seen what? him in a, I mean. Then respect to Jim Cornette's tailor, because like on a regular <laughs> basis, I would, I, yes. I'm not going to say he looks good, but he doesn't look like a blob of a human being like he did. Don't you dare say he looks good. I, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. I do not want you to. What's the opposite of fat shame? Thin except. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was padding. I thought they were trying to make him look ridiculous, which which mission, you know, accomplished. mission accomplished. Yes. Uh, I thought it was hilarious that uh, Jose Lothario walked out to uh, Shawn Michaels' music, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which and I thought it was bullshit that uh, Mr. Perfect had to point out that he is not a sexy boy. I yeah, I was like, he is not a he is a sexy old man. Not even. I I literally wrote down. <laughs> he's a cute little peanut of a man, and I love him so. But I don't I don't think he's sexy in any regard. I called him uh, in my notes. I called him the hip break kid. Ooh, which that's then good. I, then I felt like Eric. Jim that, a little I mean, bit. that that's, that's a Jerry like Jim... Lawler original. <laughs> right? I feel like you're up there like <laughs> more than a hip break kid. <laughs> like, yeah. that's what I think you should be I'm doing. I'm getting to the point where I could announce soon. One day we should do a bonus episode or bonus content where the three of us re-commentary <laughs> one match from a pay-per-view. I would love I say this. a whole pay-per-view. Because I could... I a know, whole pay-per-view? Yeah. Jesus Christ. I could definitely do the play-by-play. I know all the moves. And oh, you guys man. can get the color. I mean, this would be great. We just need... We can get Talia and Natalie to do backstage interviews. It'll be amazing. <laughs> 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 you know what? Forget this podcast. Trash it. We're going to start over. We're doing it all again. No, 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 no. We're going to keep doing this okay, one. Okay, it's just okay. you got to subscribe to our Patreon <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. if you want to get this bonus content. Bonus we are setting content. up a Patreon. Yes. To get oh. this. And then they went back to, to the phone banks backstage and the Superstar Hotline. <laughs> and I just wanted to know, 
Were Sonny and Farouk talking to the same person? I said the same thing. I said they don't even look like they're on the same call. I am <laughs> also, like, this makes no sense. How does Farouk talk on the phone with that headdress? <laughs> That's what I want to know. He really did it. They, he he looked like he was on the phone with customer support. He was like, yes, one. <laughs> Operator. Operator. By the way, I um, I, I have a note that um, Lothario, I, I think Jose Lothario, obviously he's a very good wrestler. But I think he beat um, Jim Cornette with old man strength. It's like there's a thing out there of old man strength where, like, no matter, uh, like, men in their, like, 50s and 60s, like, if, you know, they seem like they're kind of weak and soft. But at some point when they need to fucking put a younger person in their place, they all of a sudden have these, like, tough sinews. I don't know. I think this is something, like, you're grasping to, like, because you're rapidly approaching that arena. I will take you out, young buck. <laughs> I will. I will, I fucking... will pay to watch your Cornette Lothario yeah. old man match thirty years from now. <laughs> I want to see the two of you in spandex turtlenecks, full diapers on, going. We're, at we're it. both Jim Cornette. There is <laughs> yeah. no Lothario. Correct. I am going to give you such a bump. <laughs> um, didn't Wildman and Sable look really happy together? Oh, uh, they were. Like, at I, this I, point, I... they were. <laughs> Well, yeah. is, that, is that foreshadowing? Uh, I went. I did a deep. I I was a big Mark Marrow Sable fan. I followed them through the good times and the bad. We have some bad times ahead, oh, but uh, this is still good times. Sable is even as a little gay child. I was like, that is one fucking hot lady. Like you, you've said we know. Sorry, did I, it, I has been, it has been noted is, for posterity oof. that you. Loved I Sable. loved Sable, and to this day, I don't know what it is. I don't know, do, guys. I, maybe this is not for the podcast. Do I have a leather thing? Because I also was super into Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman, and I do feel like this is like a pattern now. You know, it is a spectrum. Okay. Wow. I mean, I here I am, McKinsey five point seven five. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is it is a spectrum. I from all I've known from you, you're very far to one end of that spectrum. Let's let's run a credit check on you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times and bad times for Mark Marrow and Sable. Good times and bad times for the pay-per-view. Brian Pillman is up next. Uh, okay, so first of all, I really like that uh, his gun shirt does not age well. It's does not. I don't call nine one one with a giant pistol on it. I also believe he has he has like a hand signal that's like a suicide. Uh, right? Did that happen on his way out? Like a little a little one of these? Did he do that? I thought he did like a like a fuck you or like a uh, like a like a like a um, none of the the gestures that both of you are making are doing anything on this podcast. Oh right, it is a visual medium. <laughs> um, hit the Patreon for our <laughs> YouTube yeah. channel. Snapchat us. No, I thought he made like a finger gun under the chin kind of move. During this, not one on that his I, way out, not one that I picked up on at least. What I did, apparently, Bret Hart thinks that some people are liars. <laughs> Bret Hart cut a promo like it was straight out of Boogie Nights. Like it, he, I have re- a lot of respect for the guy, and I remember him from my early times watching wrestling. And I used to think like this guy is amazing, and holy shit, he was just he, the way he. Uh, I don't know. The way he was talking about, um, <laughs> you can't do it. <laughs> How many things are you opening? <laughs> the just the way that Bret Hart was like delivering the promo just felt so 
boring. It felt like, what the fuck, dude? I always hated Bret Hart, even as a kid. I was like never into it when he was like the biggest face on earth and he used to come out and put his little fucking pink glasses on someone in the crowd. Everyone got all happy and I was like, I wanted, fuck this guy. I wanted those glasses so bad. I hated him. I was like, you fucking take your glasses and shove on Bret Hart. I used to love Shawn Michaels. We'll talk more about it later. But I thought, I think he's, I do, I think he's stiff and I think that he's like, this Boring. is how he works stiff. Yeah. In his promos, but maybe not in his matches. In his promos, very stiff. This was not not good. But I did... I liked this segment a lot, actually. I did, too. Yeah. I thought, they, I thought Brian Pillman actually was giving us... I was like, I hope that there was like a little Elias baby watching this and taking notes. Because it was like, insult the crowd in a way that's like, oof, this cuts is deep, but also feels earned. <laughs> Drug abuse, battered women, and welfare recipients. But, I mean, all those seem to just describe Brian Pillman. I was going to say, like, this guy talks about raping and pillaging, and he's calling them out for battering women. And then Owen Hart comes out, and Owen Hart is the best. I think Owen Hart is just so good. I remember just being a kid and hating Owen Hart, which is like like I was supposed to, because he was so good at his job. Yeah, he's a really good heel. Same thing with uh, Stone Cold comes out. And first off... Also looking like a snack. First off, Stone Cold, I'm so glad he ditched the gold chain look. But he come, and he is just head and shoulders a better talker than anyone else the entire night. He, uh, this is the first moment that I was like, oh, I'm watching Stone Cold. Like, in previous, the previous times that I've seen him, I remember thinking like, okay, I'm getting glimpses, I'm getting glimpses. But this was the first time where, I, I'm pretty sure it's the first time I heard him say... Cause Stone Cold said so. That's the bottom line. Yeah. And that's the bottom line. King of the Ring like, was the first time he said it. I mean, King of the Ring was the first, was literally the birth of Austin Three Sixteen, and that's the bottom line. No, did he, he didn't say the bottom line. Sorry, he said it. Stone, uh, Stone Cold uh, Three Sixteen said, "I just kicked your ass." Mm-hmm. Right. Right, 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 and and so he he he's by the way he's kind of doing a little bit of rewriting of what Austin Three Sixteen is. I, I feel like it's right now an oral history, not so much of a of a of a book, but. He brings up the the Austin three sixteen. He's now wearing it on his vest, and but he he did, and that's the bottom line. And because Stone Cold said so, which I didn't, I haven't been watching the Raws in between. But like, it seemed like that was the first time I've seen this this like incarnation, which is I think it's him. It's what is it? Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin is in his ascendancy. Like absolutely, he's like Mercury rising. But also for him to even allude to shit man, which is a hilarious and B though like very edgy to the point to listen to Vince McMahon pretend to be sort of a square dad is so insane because you know what a fucked up guy he is so it's weird to be like oh I'm sorry if there's kids and you're like shut you are disgusting oh well we won't have any (laughs) hold on fuck this shit uh, he's literally like uh, like jerking it under the, the fucking commentary desk. He's like, we won't have any of this. Oh, well, that's enough of that. He's, it's unbelievable for him when he like pretends to be like, oh, I, I can't. Huh. Why, I never. Intimating at a dirty word. The, the slimy stuff coming out of the south end of a chicken. Whew. That, you know, that's, that's poetry. fucking good. That's poetry. They teach that shit on those ranches. <laughs> Down in Texas, those fucking guys, they know what, what the south end of a chicken looks like. It's almost like he should have been wrestling on this pay-per-view event. <laughs> I think it's good for him to talk. I'm just... I, yeah, I honestly was fine with it. What, are you going to get rid of uh, Jim Cornette or Jose <laughs> Lothario? Like what? I don't get uh, it. We got another one that we can talk about in a minute, but... Uh... Also, uh, oh, Owen's cast is off. That's great. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad he healed. Eh? 
Yeah. Oh, uh, that one's a thinker. You'll get it eventually. Did you Did you see? Speaking of uh, going back to the signs, um, did you notice there was a great sign for Owen? I think you need to tell us. Oh, Owen Hart, King of Farts. <laughs> I said A plus. Still works. Still good. Still good. There's gonna be so much great dunking on Owen over the next few years. Oh, there's... oh man, like He's I hope you fall to your deal. death. Ooh, no, 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 no. Nobody no, makes that no, sign. No, That's no, weird. No, no. Oh God. I just, I just read, I just read a normal history of that the other day for just because you know uh-huh. it's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> because it was Tuesday. Yeah, but let's. Yeah, dark. That's dark. Can I tell you my dirty secret? What? Every time uh, I'm watching like like the pay per views for this, I just think to myself, what if I just look it up? And I'm I don't like, think I can. shouldn't. But like, it might. It I must. Guess, exist I guess it must somewhere. be out there somewhere. But like. I'm, I wrestle with it internally. It's my. It's like, do I really want to see a human being die? Well, I believe there are two. I don't think I've said this on the pod on the pod before. There are two videos in a vault at WWE that are marked "Never View, Never Destroy," and one of them is is Owen Hart's death, mm-hmm. and the other is uh, Chris Benoit at at uh, <laughs> Chris Benoit at Sears doing his family portrait. <laughs> Ooh, that's rough. No, one is draws. <laughs> Uh, mm. When he when D'Lo Brown botched a running sit out power bomb on Draws and made him a quadriplegic, <gasps> is yeah. that something? I'll, I mean, I know I'll I never mean, see we, it. it. Is no, it I, something I, that comes up in our purview? I don't think it happened in a pay per view. Actually, it happened in a TV match. Wow. Um, it was just a horrible accident. Like it was like no one, no one was like on draw. There's like no controversy. It was just, like literally one of those things. Yeah, um, and they have no hard feelings to get along well. I read the oral history recently on that too. Sorry, everybody, things got dark. Mind games. Okay, but back to things that are not at all dark and which are actually things that are pure light and nothing but love and joy. Yes. Mark Henry explores Philadelphia and maybe society for the first time. I, it's, it's <laughs> has he ever seen a bell before? <laughs> has he ever seen a statue before? He sees the Liberty Bell as if he's Helen Keller. Like, he's just <laughs> touching it in awe. Is his idea of sightseeing... It's his idea of sightseeing that he should just touch it in order to understand it. I was watching him do it, and I was like, this is incredible. I could watch Mark Henry touch the Liberty Bell for truly 35 minutes. He's like, and this is the size of the bell? <laughs> okay. This uh-huh. is what it uh-huh. feels like. Mm. Let me get to that crack. He, they didn't get to that part, but I'm sure he found the crack. And, and you are a horse. <laughs> oh, my God. And also, Vince Man selling it being like, what is a 400-pound man ride? A horse, of course. And you're like, that's actually the worst answer. What? Nothing about the joke Again, you're making the WWE sense. does not understand transportation in any way. We know so, this so I also just love him looking. There was like the, he walks around a statue and just looks at the statue for a while. While like other tourists walk around. They're looking at him, looking at the statue. It's... Oh, he's he's got his best. hands in his pockets like he's waiting to get picked up by his mom. <laughs> and also at this point, nobody has wrestled for like 40 minutes, I yeah. think. <laughs> oh, what do you mean? Jose Lothario and Jim Cornette fucking nailed it. No, um, I would love to see a Mark Henry tour where he just goes, and this is, and this is Independence Hall. Go ahead, touch it. I don't want to hear him talk at all. I just want to watch <laughs> him do it. I just want to see him do it. <laughs> just see the world through Mark uh-huh. Henry. He just goes, yeah. he walks over to you and just gently puts your hand on it. And like, he's like, just wants you to feel the stone. No, Eric, we don't want us involved. No. We just want him. 
Listen, I, I like want an interactive experience with Mark Henry sightseeing. <sighs> it was this was truly my favorite segment. I think I've seen in any of the pay per views we watched thus far. This is my favorite thing I've seen. Well, and then it was followed up by the Smoking Guns versus Owen Hart and the British Bulldogs. <laughs> so I mean, you're uh, there was a lot of feelings going on at that point, wasn't there, Bobby? Boy, we should on tag team wrestling a lot now, but this was not great. I thought. Oh, it was. You like it? I didn't like it. I thought it was, was kind of boring. You thought it was fun? Yeah. Uh, um, they had a good end. I, I, the end was cool because they, they were like, they, uh, Bulldog and Owen Hart took out both of them during the pin. I thought that was cool. Uh, I loved that poster gag, which... You did? No, oh, I, did I was like, wait. No, uh, I, I really believed it. I was like, this, come on. No. Uh, it, had a, it was a good idea, but I can't believe that, like, I like the, the concept of it. Like, Sunny drops her poster. It's the thing she does. Now it's everyone. Thing, yeah. So, but what you decide to do with some, like, weird Al sort of graffiti on it? I was <laughs> like... made it look like she was Cleopatra almost? It was like, what, was the, what even, was the hair? All I needed, all I needed, Vince Russo, if you're listening, is, like, stink lines and flies. That's all I needed on it. <laughs> this is, do, right? How much funnier is that? That's a lot, that, that's a lot funnier, especially Thank because... Thank you. They weren't doing irony back then. That's the bigger issue. Oh, just like, but, I, was, I can't believe... They, I also, I love a gag that only three quarters of the audience understands because it's it's perfect to just drop something in front of everybody that paid probably 50 or 60 bucks to get into seven, eight, nine million dollars to get in. That's one of the weird things. At the CompuSave Center Arena or whatever. <laughs> CompuStaples. That's one of the weird things, Prodigy. though, about being at a pay-per-view or, or being at any event and sitting on the televised side. Because, yeah, you're getting filmed and everything like that, but everybody is mugging for the opposite end yeah. of yeah. the arena because that's where the cameras are all set up. Yeah, it's um, there. you're missing that. But also, literally everything is getting covered up for you. Um for for a portion of the show, which cannot feel good. I'm glad they rolled it up eventually. I also oh I have a note that uh, Owen got in a lot of nut kicks, big on nut kicks. He also had the chop block, which uh, gave gave us Jr's amazing rant. I don't know. Did did you hear that rant where or did you note it where um, he's going? It may not be philosophically agreeable. It may not be ethical. It may not be PC. Like. Oh just boy. talking about a chop block, and I was like, it may not be tax deductible. It may not be <laughs> vegan. It may, <laughs> it may not be non-GMO. Yeah. Right? It may not, it may not correlate to the FCC standards. <laughs> um, referee was running a tight ship for this one here. Threatening disqualifications for breaking up a pinfall. When do you usually see that in a? Uh, the officiating match? in this this pay per view in particular felt. All over the place, really, and more worse later. But uh, even here, I agree. It was very strange. I like that the ref, uh, that Billy Gunn said to the ref, "You shut up." <laughs> Billy Gunn, wow, Billy he Gunn is great. So in-ring. hot. I I really thought um, as they were setting it up that Billy Gunn jumping off of Bart's back was going to be really cool, and then it just wasn't. <laughs> it was followed by the Sidewinder, which was pretty dope, but but I really thought that was going to be a really cool Well, because we're spoiled by the Hardys, and we're like, oh my god, poetry in motion? And they're like, oh no, this is just kind of like a, kind of a Superman punch? Like a, <laughs> an assisted, a Superman punch like with help? 
give me a boost. <laughs> and assisted living Superman punch. Yeah, it's I feel like the just a man guns, punch, really. The smoking guns are like two guys that you ask to like help you move out of your apartment. I oh, definitely. They're definitely like the hot guys that move downstairs at your apartment, and you just keep You're thinking like, about dropping out. I got a new couch. Out. Can you? Yeah. I'll make some lemonade. Yeah. Um, you don't have to wear shirts while you do it. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> right, but like I don't expect them to like do any your anything, taxes. Yeah, anything. Well, no, that too. But any, anything like good necessarily in a match? At least now, after this match, I don't. I know this is WWF logic here, but why wasn't Billy the legal man at the end of the match? No, this got very messy at the end. It got very messy, messy in terms of tags because there was there was like that push. Slap. I'm like, that's a tag. I agreed. I thought that should have been a tag too. I think it was just a things got messy. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about the end? Uh, like after after they lost when Sunny was yelling at them. Sure. Um, Sunny gave her money to the smoking guns. Like, what's her financial situation? And are they her, like, financial advisors? Like, what was going on? But also there's a lot of, like, I gave you everything. And it's like, ooh, we don't... That's on- anal, right? Honestly, yeah, probably. <laughs> like, knowing we know about you, Sonny, probably, actually. You gave everybody everything. Yeah, so. they're not the only ones. Uh, but listen, but- maybe you divided your time a little too much. You were backstage yelling at a phone with Farouk <laughs> right before the match. It's true. She really, she really has a, a big portfolio. But I didn't realize that everybody she manages handles. Stop something. talking about her vagina, Aaron. <laughs> big floppy portfolio. Oh no! Uh, I didn't realize that everybody she manages, like she has to pay them. I don't think she understands the manager-client <laughs> relationship. Because I should really get a manager if I if I'm like that's another revenue stream I should be pulling from. It is crazy though, honestly. Not to talk well. I don't even know this is relevant now. I started the sentence, and I'm just going to... You know what? I'm following it through. While you do that, I'm going to get another beer. Oh, is that me? Yeah. Perfect. There... I'll do, let me do the let me do the, uh, the Aaron version of... <laughs> I tried it, guys. <laughs> no, it was good. You didn't interrupt me at all. It was perfect. One thing I've like recently have gotten to the more I listen to... Shout out, if I can shout out another podcast, if I could shout out something sure. to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard is fantastic, which our, our mutual friend, Joe Stanton, got me into. Yeah. Um, they talk a lot about what contracts were at the time. And even around this time, contracts were still like $50 a night. It's crazy. They were being like paid in cash and stuff. It is fucking crazy. Um, and But yeah, Sonny was... Sorry, I don't know if that was relevant. <laughs> Well, Sonny was giving $50. Yeah. That's what I was like. Sonny, the... as their manager, was giving their cash for the night. She, and she, she, and she giving was, it back. She was very angry because they were a bunch of losers, even though they were champions for several months. Yes. They dominated the tag scene for a long time. Listen, I don't know if you know a lot about women, but they are harpies. They like only chase all after kinds gold. of gold. Yeah. They like, only chase oh, after gold. And they are loyal to you until oh, it's the. It's going to get so I much know, worse. I know. I know. They are loyal to you. I'm. A man is talking. Excuse me. They are loyal to you up until the moment where you lose, and then they will immediately leave you. This is what all women do. Sunny is yeah. just the pro. WWF woman. is a morality play yes. when you come down to it. And that's I mean, why. That's why I never put my title on the line because I don't want to wind up single. And I mean, if you want to talk about a morality play, Jerry Lawler versus Mark Henry. Uh, I Oh, I'd rather talk about a fashion show 
<laughs> Jerry Lawler versus Mark Henry. Because how many American flags had to die to dress Mark Henry for this match? I loved the three white stripes without uh, red on his uh, on his shoulder. He looked like he got the unitard from the Capitol steps. You know, like the the synchronized like skate he went, dancing group. He and, went into a Liberty Bell gift shop, fell into a clothing rack, <laughs> the game wearing whatever was on his Betsy body. Betsy Ross herself. <laughs> Rose from the grave. It was Bugs Bunny as Betsy Ross designed this costume. Listen, we know it doesn't look good, but it probably felt good to Mark Henry because that's how he sees. He is having the time of his goddamn life, and I love him for it. I do. Now, so, like, I started off, like, the first, as soon as the match started, the first thing I wrote down in all caps, I wrote out longhand in all caps because this is how much I felt. Why the fuck do you keep doing this to us? Why do the fuck do you keep, keep giving us Jerry Lawler? Jerry Lawler against against all of these people. I will say Jerry Lawler. By the end of this match, great. I was all in. Oh, yes. Because Jerry Lawler bumped the fuck out of this match for Mark Henry. Like, he was selling everything. He was doing great. Like, I really was like, honestly, by the end, I was like, yeah, I, I buy that. I buy this. Uh, yeah, it was it was good. Um, Lawler's hair was better. I th- I'm glad he got a haircut for this. Good, important. Uh, also, he was presumably <laughs> storing a roll of what? Like, nickels in his crotch? I, I'm no unclear idea. The whole what time. was happening. No, was it, was it a brass knuckle? I, was like, you, I think so. What? So to take it back to high school again. Okay, great. I was Why? in the drama club. Did and you at, store and nickels sure. in your And at one point, um, there was a pivotal plot point where I had to have some glasses on, but we couldn't find the prop glasses beforehand. I don't think Jerry Lawler had <laughs> no, anything no. in there. Oh, I was definitely going to ask. I was I like, was, do you think he reached? I, I was wondering where this was going to go, but do you think he's, he reached into his pocket and maybe just and, went and, like... Yeah, I think he made a fist and pretended like he had something in there and then just smacked him on the side of the head. He's got very good object work. <laughs> so the the new Rockers made an appearance in this match. The new Rockers playing the role of the Ascension? Pretty much, yeah. What does that mean? That, that they're just there to, to sell market... Because like at the end here... I am all in for Mark Henry, just the destructive force that he is. Okay. Yeah, he's just so strong. Yeah. Like, at one point, didn't he, he put Jerry Lawler thinking, like, in a headlock at some point. Like, is he going to tap out? I'm like, is mm-hmm. he going to tap out to a, a headlock? Like, I don't, I yeah. hope not. I sure hope not. But I think that's the thing. He's so strong that he, like, beat him on a, on a backbreaker submission, which is, like, not something you ever see. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. I mean, you know. But Mark Henry, at this point, probably knew three moves. Yeah. Uh, which is <laughs> more than 2018 Brie Bella. But still, <laughs> he—I mean—he is two months out of the Olympics. Yeah, he don't know—he don't know nothing. Like he, Ronda he, Rousey, he could had only train seen him. a bell for the first time. Give him a little <laughs> fucking credit. He's like, I don't get it. It's a circle, but it's square. So I don't, how does that work? So would you say it's like a dinner bell, but bigger? <laughs> Rough. Um. Did the, were the Rockers playing flag football before it? Because they had a lot of streamers at That's their waist thing. level. That is their thing, and I'm into it. I, I, would, I would wear that Do you that have outfit. a leather slash streamer I, thing? I would wear that outfit. Uh, I and also then, saw this was a, a Triple H. Yeah, Triple H sighting. Yeah. I, he so literally he just came out, got lifted up, got thrown out, and that was it. I was like, okay, I'm glad I saw him with hair. 
And for some reason, in my mind, I had always thought that Triple H was a clear and obvious steroid user that we all knew was a steroid no. user because his body like tripled in size. It Triple H. Triple H'd in size. But then I had read recently that's like, no, he's a never, he's like a not drug, not drink, not what, party really? guy. Yeah. That even in the height of like Shawn Michaels, like literally being a walking smoke monster of cocaine, like that Triple H was actually like, <laughs> People drove with Triple H and went with Triple H to stay sober because he was he the was Mr. A Echo not... to his yes. Wow, <laughs> which I find shocking, and he just actually like bolt, like really did Damn. like transform his body. That he's like a not a drug, like was not a drug user, not a drinker, not a partier. Even when all of his friends were like famously partying, he was not. That was not his thing. And him and China both actually were like known on the road of being like not, you don't do that. You, you know, I think China might have changed her ways. Yeah, there's. We'll get to that. Yeah, but he is so tiny here that you just want to like. You're like, oh, my, it's like watching someone in middle school, like just like all pimply and scrawny and awkward, and you're like, what is going on with your body? Do you even know? <laughs> do we want to talk at all about the promo that they cut prior to this match where we had? Um, Let's see. We had Paul Bearer, and they were. It was basically like Paul Bearer was like talking about the creatures of the night. Uh, I think that was the the colloquial term for Undertaker fans at the time. Oh, oh I thought I, he might have been talking about the Druids. I'm very confused. I thought it was the, the Druids, Druids too. No, we'll talk night, about the Druids later. That was like a that was like a Lady Gaga little monsters. Mm. Oh, uh, I like that. I like that. Mankind called him Uncle Paul. Great. Man- mankind and rewatching this, it's like I have such a deeper appreciation for just how fucking good McFoley was. Not, and we'll talk more about it during the match itself for sure. Oh my god, yeah. But this, I mean, just everything about this character, he just everything was so thought out and everything was so considered and it was all so weird. Like it wasn't yeah. like he was just being a tough guy. Even like Austin, which is also great and so sharp and so consistent, was still just like playing a heightened version of himself. Yeah. Whereas this was like a wholly original a character, a whole different kind of being. Well, it, was it was funny. Awesome. I, I noted that like I was like I don't think mankind knows why he wants the championship. <laughs> I think he's just like I'm. I, this is my fate. <laughs> I've got half an ear, but yeah, I you know I couldn't under, like. And they were like, listen, guys. If he wins, he takes a championship and also Shawn Michaels' sanity, his mind. <laughs> mind okay, games. sure. Mind and, games. And great tease for the next one because I cannot wait to see whatever the fuck a Buried Alive match is. Oh, I remember when this happened. I can't, I'm, I'm very excited. Also, I remember this. I remember the finish. I remember exactly how it goes down, and it is dope. Okay, cool. So, good promo, but I will say two things. That the, the image that they used for the promo... There's something popping on those purple gloves where it... And, and I've, I've seen Undertaker with the purple gloves, but there's something in the way they pop that picture where it looks like the Undertaker is very angry that he's got to wash dishes for the night. <laughs> like, he's just like, Oh, God, look at what the mess you left me! And uh, then I like that uh, Vince McMahon talks about how it's an unsanctioned match. They are not sanctioning it. There's no sanctioning They will promote it. And they will talk about it on every platform, but it is not sanctioned. It is we are we are not we are not for this match at all. Watch this match next month. 
And I mean, that's a great conceit that goes all the way up to Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa at this yeah. point now. It's like, we are we don't know what the fuck these guys are going to do. We're not holding ourselves accountable for it, and I'm here for it. And we're spoiled. We're spoiled these days on, like, no-holds-barred, street fights, extreme rules, hardcore matches. But at this time, they were rare and crazy to see. Yeah, and so going along with all of the uh, the rewriting the rules, now we've got this final curtain match. But are we actually rewriting the rules? So confusing. It, it, this Did was... you see the Caribbean strap match? Because those rules were completely. This rewritten. was this was a no DQ match, right? What? But then they were counting for countouts. I thought. I don't yeah, know. they were. I mean, they, that's why like it, was, like it could only be done by pinfall. We were like, what? It was a very weird match. The way like what? Well, I mean, we out. we have. Undertaker and Goldust in their prime, and I was very primed for that. And then we got this. What I was, like can, the can match. we can we back up for a second? What was the storyline that led to this? Because I know I, I okay I I'm I know about the the prior um, pay per views where there were there was a, there was a lot of matches between. Undertaker and Goldust where like it was a coffin match and, and then like Mankind comes out but like what was the final curtain supposed to be it was these like are, we have to sell this once and for all these are weirdly I felt, that's why like I feel like this whole pay-per-view felt like a modern day episode of Raw because I feel like the actual yeah. feuds that are happening like the blow-off feuds are Shawn Michaels and Vader Undertaker Mankind so both of the things that we're seeing in this are like these weird sort of one-offs that like, yeah. or like kind of like sub-programs to those bigger feuds that people are really invested in. And the finishes of like these matches are tied way more to their bigger feuds, Undertaker, Mankind, Shawn Michaels, Vader, than they are Undertaker, Goldust, Shawn Michaels, Mankind. So and it's all very weird how this is playing out. They also, I don't know if this is something that they developed in between pay-per-views, but they also... As I was saying uh, before, they also seem to kind of like tie in Gold Dust to Mankind, where now all of a sudden Gold Dust is like the the puppeteer of Mankind, and like, they like intimated that in all the weird previews and like all the weird sort of like vignettes. But that's not—I don't think that is actually what was happening. There definitely was like a an alignment, if not like a partnership, not really like a full blown like Chaotic faction neutral, or stable. Like yeah, but they both were that that sort of like weird freaky characters well well mankind is crazy and gold Goldust is a man who wears androgynous androgynous so he must be crazy he's bizarre and vince mcmahon for god and the gods must be crazy <laughs> uh marlena looked bigger boob bigger Boobie-wise? yeah um, uh, was she was wearing like, a very revealing yeah. type of thing, and I, like every time I see Marlene, I'm like, I am trying to imagine you not in this role. I'm sorry, I'm trying to sexualize you, Marlena, uh, and and imagine you'll have you not plenty in this of role. opportunities for that in the coming months and years. Okay, because like, like she kind of looks there's she looks weird right now, and I think that's like I'm I'm trying to imagine like that's what they did to her for the storyline. I was trying to imagine her. Hmm. I don't know. This right? is interesting. I there don't was know. something with her hair. Well, right? her hair was different at this, but I do yeah. think this was. I do think she is very '90s hot, right? I, I mean, like, yeah, but she mm. she looks like no? she she looks like she's been like aged like beef jerky. 
I think this is, I mean, I just always, even now looking back, I'm like, oh, she's like a hot lady, but that's just like the 90s were terrible in terms no. of like makeup and no. hairstyle. No, it's, it. she's, she's, because Sable is like, I mean, Sable's, as, as, as you have uh, been able to attest, Sable is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And like, Sunny is very attractive at that time. I think they were doing You don't think Marlena is? I think they were I think they were doing something with Marlena to make it a little bit like a uh, kinky hot. I don't think she was meant to be conventionally oh, hot. I don't think that's true. That I mean I mean she was in like bikini contests with all like the same like the same. It wasn't like uh when China or Luna Vachon or like any other women who were like these are the sexy women and these are the not sexy women. Like Marlena was always like in the sexy women pile. It might be, it might be the fact that like just, just Marlena's uh, demeanor and her, this is fascinating. And her association with gold dust and like the cigar. Like, this is fascinating. Don't, is that, and what does it listen, say about, I, okay. I don't want to be the only straight man talking about this. What Aaron, what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, Eric, that there's, this is there's, fascinating. there's, there's something there where it isn't there. Like still, like again, in, in my, I am shocked and fascinated like, by this. 1996 Aaron would have had a field day with her, but you know, it, but like looking back now, there's something that Sable and Sonny, like, just like, there's something different about Marlena. It's femininity. I think Marlena is is yeah, purposely yeah, yeah, not yeah. showing femininity, and there's something. She's wearing an evening gown. <laughs> telling you, man, it's in the face. It's in the face. It's and the in, cigar. It's in... She is not yeah. interested in us. She does not care about us. She's she's this is she's also there's also a softness that's lacking. And again, we're I am fascinated. We're by saying this. this as people who are not like we're trying we're trying to be very conscious of our own roles as men and and like about the sexualization of women and like I'm not saying, you know, we're not saying I think that like there's anything there's no judgment about any of this, but I think I'm not saying talk- she's not a beautiful lady. Yeah, she is a be- she is beautiful, but like it's a but if we're talking about how a character is portrayed, my like uh my subconscious Pull from this is that she is not meant to be portrayed as a truly beautiful woman. She's they're they're downplaying her attractiveness. I don't agree. I but I can't. But I'm so I'm literally so thrown by this. I can't even. I wouldn't come in with like a, a cogent argument. This is our I was truth. Like, no, she's like there's these are the beautiful women of of WWE are Sable, Sunny, Marlena. These are like the and they're all. No, there's a, there's a butch aspect to her, and that's what it is. She's wearing an evening gown, and she's also and she's also not a wrestler, so she's like not she doesn't have a hard body. It's not like when when China makes her debut, and obviously China is also beautiful, but China has a very has a much different body type of their their portrait, yeah. like a, especially when China first permit debuts and has has got much transformation from that point. Yeah. So clearly in the beginning, I'd be like, oh yeah, well, China was not initially portrayed to be sexy. She was portrayed to be intimidating. But Marlena was for sure, I, I mean, believe, I mean, intended WWE, to be sexy. WWE has never put out a woman that hasn't been attractive in some way, shape, or form. Oh, of course. But they but they haven't portrayed them all as attractive. Right. You look at uh, Jazz. You look at Karma. I mean, there's yeah. a bunch that we can point to. But like Luna Vachon. Yeah. 
A little bit of Shauna might be actually a woman who's not attractive. Like, in a conventional way, for maybe sure. Maybe had a little bit of a thing for her. I'm not going to go into that. But I would think this is fascinating because I do think Marlena was intended to be a sexy character. A hundred percent. I mean, like, as with China, where I feel like clearly China was not. Like, that was not how what her, her character was. Yeah. But Marlena's supposed to be a sexy character. I think she's meant to be sexy, but sexy in an unattractive way. We I could spend a lot more we could spend a lot more time on. I don't know. Yeah, this, we'll see how much of this. Hey, Bobby, it, but was this the first time that Goldust used gold dust? I I doubt it. I'm not sure, so I can't be. I can't. I don't want to come down with my historical um, expertise and mm-hmm. and commit. I don't. I, I would say it's doubtful, but I do love like it's fucking glitter. Everyone's like, "What was that?" And you're like, <laughs> "What do you think it was?" It was. Um, how much gold dust does Marlena keep in her purse? And for what reasons? Is it just for this? Well, she don't need all these men's phone numbers apparently. <laughs> so got plenty of space in there, I guess. Uh, yeah. I I was just like, this is a lot. Like, first of all, there's yeah, there's nothing else other than no wallet. It's just let me go in here. Let me just grab a bunch of grab a bunch of dust and throw it in people's. Face. I actually liked this match, and I I I'm. I guess I'm I'm in the minority here. Uh, so it's kind of a mess. Because I, I did feel like this was I'm feel like we're hitting Undertaker at the point where this is like almost peak Undertaker. We're getting to like a point where he's really before this he was such a cartoon character, like he's really wrestling here. Well, because he was no sell before, and now yeah. he's selling it. I agree. He's not just like a like a fan. Like he's a little bit more wrestling to him. Goldust is a much. I feel like this is the first time I really appreciated what a big guy Goldust is, like physically stature wise. Going toe to toe with the Undertaker, I was like, "Oh, Goldust is like a, a oh, big guy." Yeah, and you know what? I I definitely wrote. I really I love this version of Goldust where he's like kind of like attack, attack, attack. Kind yeah, of, kind of kind of thing. I my issue with this match is, I guess maybe kind of like a revisionist kind of thing. It's something that I might have loved back then, but when you bill it as like a no disqualification kind of yeah. thing, then what what are you doing? The push, final card thing got very push, weird. Push more limits. Yeah. And especially when you have the match that comes after this, which, which pushes all every envelope. So first of all, including the one the creepy bellhop hands you. <laughs> oh, that has never spoken of again. That's an I am. We know that. <laughs> uh, I loved watching the Undertaker lift up Marlena. That was amazing. She had very good arm muscles. She's like, I, strong ass arm muscles. She's great. I really like Marlena, who will become. We'll come to learn. Uh, we'll come to know her as Terry, um, and and in subsequent years. And I'm I'm a, I've always been a big fan. I always I think uh, Goldust has like a, a tattoo of her, like from that time on her on his body. I, I follow him on Instagram. Oh my God, I don't. I was like, I don't know. I've seen Goldust. I'm pretty body. sure I saw that picture once. Um, I also I thought there was a botch choke slam. Did you see that? Oh, it wasn't super smooth from the top rope. Yeah, something. Yeah, like it, that. It, it, it wasn't. I wouldn't call it necessarily a botch. Again, I've been watching a lot of Brie Bella lately. Not to harp on that, uh, <laughs> but I, it wasn't super clean or smooth. Yeah. It was a little bit of like a. There was a little bit of like a. He like landed on his feet first for a little bit. Like it wasn't great. Yeah. By the time this episode gets to air, Brie Bella will have actually murdered somebody. Brie Bella should be banned from a wrestling ring. I'm sorry, I can't. This is not relevant anymore to you listeners, but I'm sorry. It's stuck in my craw right now. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I call that a botch, but it was a slop. It was sloppy. It okay. wasn't super good looking. Look, I'm 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 working my my best. Hey, there. you're doing this great. Is, thank you. You're doing keeping great. up with the with the smarks. 
But I think Undertaker looks awesome here and and is doing good work and it's scary and intimidating and cool and I was very yeah, into it. I'm excited for everything Undertaker that, that is to come. Yes. I just think both of these guys, I can't wait to see what they do later. Not so much this right here. Sure. It, it was, was it was like listen, I think given the rest of the bookings for this match for this for the show, I'm I was like, okay, this is great because everything else was very bad. Yeah. So this was fine. Uh, obviously, we'll move on to like the the real gem in yes. this. Okay. So backstage, Bobby, take us backstage. <sighs> Shawn Michaels is backstage and gives actually what I think is a pretty good interview, but I can focus on nothing but his asymmetrical earrings. <laughs> oh, I didn't even notice that. Oh boy, they're so prominent. They're also like definitely '90s earrings that a woman would wear, like that have like the, the big hook that you like hook into the back, and yeah, then they yeah. dangle, 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 dangle. And then one has like three more links of chain. Like I counted, I was like, "Is it just the way his head is tilted?" I'm like, "No, no, no." There's actually like more links of chain on this earring. And so he woke up today, and he was like, "I'm gonna put on these two different earrings, and this is my look to fight this really intense, scary, mental anguish." That's, what, if, that's what, if, what you took away from that. Where the 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 interview where he's like, "I don't know if I can beat him." Did he say wait. anything else? Okay, no. <laughs> what I if, was so wait, distracted by if, his asymmetrical earrings. It well, truly what if he me. just had two mismatched sets? I mean, sometimes you lose it in the hotel, you know, carpet. You take it off when you answer the phone. Right. And you, who knows where it goes? He, yeah, he, yeah. You know, he like. In one of his various one night stands, he's just like, "Where's my earrings?" Son- Actually, Sonny's wearing the other one. <laughs> uh, I like how Shawn Michaels goes, "I'm wrestling the wackiest cat the WWF has ever seen." Ooh, he may be a, a rock star, but he talks like wacky cats. Lady, it was so hard as a child. To be like, I'm a huge Shawn Michaels fan. He's really cool. No, listen. He wears chaps and like zebra print motorcycle hats and asymmetrical earrings. He says things like cats. And it's bad. It's so bad that that's like their idea of what cool is. Has it maybe, listen, maybe he went to one of those like jazz spots and just kind of <laughs> did a little freestyle poetry. <laughs> uh, he also said, he also, like his way of talking about how he's going to withstand the mind games is... He there's not a lot of upstairs for Shawn Michaels, so don't worry. There's they're not gonna fuck me up. I'm too dumb. Uh, honestly, true. Mind games. <laughs> true. I I kind of acted that was a is you know there's it's cheesy. It's there's definitely like cheesy elements, but yes. overall a pretty good promo. I thought actually it was a pretty good way of like selling the match, and I think coming off of a time where Shawn Michaels is is the biggest star in the company by miles and miles and miles and miles and miles. He's the biggest thing in wrestling. And for him to show that he's like afraid and this is like his first real challenge is a big deal to sell this match. And like it got it definitely like again we can pick apart the word choice as being lame, which it 100% is, but I was hyped for this match. Was there heat between uh Heartbreak Kid and and Mankind. I'm trying to think of what ha- was happening between or like like was there backstage heat? Like was there? Oh no no okay. I don't not that I know of. No 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 and not that even having and I'll go into some specific spots in the match that I was like that I'm familiar with some of the backstage stuff about. So I don't I don't think there ever okay. was between Shawn Michaels and Mick. Michael Higginbottom and, and Mick Foley. 
Who do the Druids work for? The Druids were Undertaker's thing, and so I yeah. guess this was like a way. And I, I would love to know who's under those hoods. If it's like how they do it now, where it's like always like NXT people that are. Oh yeah, on the main it's a hundred percent. But it's, it's like, not just... Diesel and uh, and Razor Ramon. It's actually there. It's all Kane. Kane's like, put me out there, guys. Yeah, yeah. Just Kane moving really fast between all these spots. But just like so, at the end of the last. They're carrying away Undertaker, apparently so he could be reborn or whatever. And now they're carrying out... Man, I just want to know what their story is supposed to be. Listen, whoever owns the urn gets the druids. I do believe but that no. is the that is like the the, the canonical canonical rule. Good, because I guessed. Yeah, I think that that's how that's how I would logically. Yeah. You follow know what? It. it works for me. <laughs> I'm, like, not gonna, I'm not going to think about it any more than that. Now, is mankind's soul linked to the urn in the same way that Undertaker's soul was linked to the urn? I don't fucking know, Eric. <laughs> I listen. <laughs> I want to get into the deep mythology of the dark, the darkness. We need the Egyptian Book of the Dead to tell R- us. Bring out these these seventh grader monologues. I want to hear They're in yeah. the Where psyche of the mind. Pentagill to show us. Meanwhile, it's some guy backstage with a pile of coke and a typewriter, just being like, uh, his and name then the, is, and then the druids come out. That's Vince Russo. In, that's who that is. In the footholds of the soul. <laughs> I miss Pyro. Yeah. Oh man, this is you mean from X Men. This, this also a little sexually fluid. Now we'll go into that in different different podcasts. Um, <laughs> Pyro and the X Men. Yeah. What? Uh, hooked up with an adult Bobby Drake. Iceman is also gay now. You may have heard. Let's circle. Oh, back. I did know Bobby yeah, Drake yeah. is gay. Go sorry, on. bring it back. Um, I also miss Pyro, but I feel like this Pyro is so sad compared to the Pyro we're gonna get. I know. As years go on, where the Pyro is like truly the most insane thing. Wait, who was there a Pyro in this? Did I miss a Pyro? Yeah, but um, behind Shawn Michaels. He does his little... Oh, you mean the pyro? Yeah. I thought I the pyro. I thought there was a wrestler somebody, named Pyro. You thought somebody was like lighting, lighting fires in the corner of the match? I thought there was a wrestler named Pyro. No, that's American Gladiators. Like, <laughs> They're all named yeah. Freeze. Laser. Pyro. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the pyrotechnic. Purse snatcher. <laughs> There's some that were, tr- I mean, they're unbelievable how in- how complicated they got as years went on. The, uh, the pyro did look pretty good. We're only a few years, I mean, like, pyro was still here when we restarted watching a few years ago. Yeah, we mean we X-Men's pyro. pyro. Both, actually. So I had two questions during the entrances. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, actually, one question, one observation. One is, who do you think was their coffin contractor? Because it seemed like they made a lot of different coffins. Like, they were not reusing those coffins, were they? No, looks like they had a fresh coffin. I this believe, is a every fresh time. coffin. Also, mankind's like like hangs out in a cushioned coffin. I would have thought like just plain Rusty old nails. pine box. Yeah, yeah. like they it's, haven't it's, removed. It's the guy know. who built the house set. Has to in the like, back from the garage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's he's back there, just like oh, now I got to make a coffin. Uh, I was also gonna say I really can't deny the heartbreak kid pop in that audience. It is literally like watching Kiss take the stage. Yeah. In He's like the 70s. A huge, unbelievable star. And then this was like nine tenths of an amazing match. Right? This yeah, was, oh my God. This was a, I mean, the finish is screwy and whatever, but this was a great match. Yes. This was a, this is one of the, of all the things we've watched so far in our rewatch for this project, 
this is the first match that I'm like, holy shit, we can watch this match. This could be a Seth Rollins match now. Like it was that good in a way where I, I don't remember matches being as good then. Mm-hmm. Like it's intense and it's brutal and there's psychology and it's like, it's grueling and it's beautiful storytelling. And it is a truly amazing match. Yeah. Well, let's go through the story. Yeah. I, I mean, I will say, by the way, I feel like they like, it's a little bit like, I'm going to get a little classical for you. But Please do. There's a, there's a, I forget who, who did it, but you know the Surprise Symphony? There's a, so there's this classical piece. It's called the Surprise Symphony. Um, and it's just like, do, 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 and it just goes like that until it's just like, Dun! and like the idea was that the, the composer was getting tired of watching everybody just falling asleep to the music that he was making. And so he was just like, I'm going to fuck with everybody. And that's what this match felt like because every other match, the Undertaker Gold Dust match was like, was it good? Agreed. But it like every yeah, other yeah. match was like pretty low key. And this match just fucking was like eight levels above all yes. of them. And, and way above the Gold Dust Undertaker match. Like mm-hmm. they called that the final curtain. And this shit is like 100%. I think they were playing mind games with us. <laughs> this is fucking awesome the I mean, this is watching great. watching mankind's head bounce off of the exposed concrete jesus christ because that's the thing with the, like also it was a great match but the thing about mcfoley all his matches are great because he will truly kill himself like he will truly take bumps and hits and chairs to the face and all this stuff that's like unbelievable but all the little things in this match the way that Shawn you Michaels, mean all the small things <laughs> true care truth brings um is. Not there, not there yet, guys. <laughs> We're not even at damn it yet. That's true. That's true. Um, which my band covered in high school. Sorry, another <laughs> podcast. Um, though the way he works the knee, all the outside stuff. Shawn Michaels almost acting like a heel, which is kind of crazy. Like the stuff yeah. that he's pulling is like really like desperation stuff. Which for such like a through and through baby face, my favorite spot in this match, and I it fucked me up watching it again and i actually i had a i didn't know this time i had to go back and google it today and really like dig deep there's a spot and we talked about this last month uh, on the last podcast for SummerSlam. there's a spot in this match where Shawn michaels doesn't move he does a lot and a lot of wrestlers still do now he runs to this you know he's being whipped into the corner he jumps the second turnbuckle but he's going to do like a, a springboard almost like a crossbody backwards and in this mankind's not there and Shawn Michaels leaps onto the second rope, looks behind him, Mankind's not there, gets mad and runs over and starts punting. They, they really start yeah. throwing fists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a callback to what happened with Vader, Vader for real last month at SummerSlam where Vader legitimately didn't move for a spot and Shawn Michaels was legitimately mad and legitimately kicked him in the head. And that was the moment in this where I wrote, was there heat between Heartbreak Kid and Foley? Because I, I saw him, I saw that happen and I was like, Oh no! Because ever since you said that heartbreak, that like Shawn Michaels mm-hmm. ruined Vader's career over that, I was like, I mean, clearly I know that he didn't ruin Mankind's career, but I was like, wait, did Mankind like withstand the fury of Shawn Michaels? No, or did this no happen? Mankind is just like punch me in the face. Mankind, this was his idea for the spot was to call. It was according to an interview Shawn Michaels did. He said that this was a work that that Mick Foley recommended. It was like, let's call, literally like, hey, you know, when you kick the shit out of Vader that time for not moving, let's do this spot where it looks like I'm not where I'm supposed to be. You, He's like, and you can just punch the shit out of me. He's like, you can just punch the shit out of me. Like, literally was a planned spot. And it was, because when I was watching, I was like, oh shit. Like, I had the same reaction. I like, totally bought it. As like a post-internet, you know, 20 years later, smart. 
I'm still, I was like, <gasps> and had a, I was like, that can't, I, I had to Google it. And no, it was, it was a work between them. Mick Foley and, might be my favorite person uh, in the wrestling universe. That's, you've picked a very he's good person. So I, I fucking good. I love, I love the fucking, the, 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 the composers. Like the guys who just are like, you know what? Like, first of all, he's such a generous performer. Yeah. What a, oh man, what a, what a guy. But also the way he tangles his head in the ropes. I, I, I oh, that was just beautifully so cor- And that, and that came right after there was like a dive through the ropes and, and mankind hit the ring post just perfectly. And then it went right into that. And it was just the, the it's just watching these, watching spots. these two guys who just love their craft and know their craft so well. It was so, so much fun to watch. And they never really had a prolonged program ever in their run and never since this like they never really had a prolonged thing it's always because they were always kind of faces or always kind of heels at the same time Mm -hmm. and it never really it never really worked besides this but I think Mick Foley said this is one of if not his favorite match of all time well because he didn't land on fucking thumbtacks probably (laughs) Um, I also I think it adds to the match uh, from a a magical point of view that everybody had gold dust on them me too I actually also enjoyed that I was like we also glitter all the time yeah they really gleamed it was so nice Um, I also first of all just to to turn the camera onto the crowd for a second uh, I don't know if you noticed but when Shawn Michaels was coming out there was a a woman in the crowd who had a shirt that, like, I think it was a Shawn Michaels shirt, and she had her like chest puffed out and her sh- and her hands clasping the bottom of her shirt, and I was like, "Is she gonna show her tits? Like, is this gonna be like, is he that level where she's just like, ah? Like, Literally, yes, yes. Literally, no, he no. is. You, he walks out and vaginas explode. Uh, it is yeah. It, they don't have. This is not part of the character. This is not like a thing that they're like working up. Like he's a ladies man. No, like truly. Everyone lost their minds when he... He's a sexy boy. I also saw there was a, a poster out there. Did you see this one? It was uh, Sean Yawn. Amazing. First of all, I love a, I love a person who in that, in that Yawn era... Yawn or John? Because we are in Philadelphia. John. <laughs> Sean John. He's just, a, he's just a thing. Mark Henry comes out and starts touching him. <laughs> are you a Philly thing? Uh, yeah, no. It was like... I love a contrarian in that time. Could you imagine getting seats that close and just being like, fuck this guy. And also watching the match of like probably your lifetime. Yeah, it was so And good. this was also a time when table spots were a rarity Holy too. Shit. Also, that's the real fucking table. That's, that's that not like... table spot. They didn't take away the monitors. No, that monitor's so heavy. Here's the thing. The tables today, as we all know, are like literally like pieces of paper that are like gently leaning against each other with an actual crash mat underneath. There's like a beanbag oh, okay. underneath that. that like almost inflates like a crash test on yeah. Um So like table spots today are, they're still cool to see and I still love it. But, and I'm glad that they're not killing each yeah. other. I am, I am, I, I, as much as I like oh, it, yeah, I because, prefer they because do Because, again, because the, the chairs that they use are, like, made of, of tinfoil. Yeah. And, but the, 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 like, when they pull out a trash can, I'm like, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> that trash can, it's, like, made of gum wrappers. It's so great. And but I'm, these were, but they, these are, were the that steel was real, chairs that they stole from, like, the local high school. Yeah, and that, that was a fucking table. That was yeah, just a yeah. fucking table. And then they actually hit each other with steel chairs in the head until yeah. they had so many concussions that they murdered their family. It's like, this is what we did. And it's horrible and barbaric in retrospect, but holy shit, is it a sight to see. 
Uh, speaking of which, those poor Spanish announcers. They it was always a Spanish announcer. The Spanish announcers, if well, also, Eric, are gonna because they also for the next couldn't. 10 years. Now they just rebuild the table. They literally take the fucking like tinker toys and put them back together because it's made of nothing. It's designed to collapse. Back then, the, the, the Spanish table would just not have an announcer. The rest I of always wondered. I always wondered if the Spanish announcers would be like, oh, and they just went through the us announcers <laughs> table, our table. Uh, I, I I did think that Mick Foley was a good human being because he almost was going to take the chair out from the Spanish announcer and then he was like, no, 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 I just reached for an empty chair. I'm like, you don't have to take everything. No, no, you him. sit, you sit, you sit. Yeah, yeah. No, He's no, like, let me no, take no, I, insist. I need to hit him with your headset. I'm sorry. This this is this is a need. You, you mentioned before that Mankind, like, like that uh, Shawn Michaels was working on Mankind's knee a lot. What was mankind supposed to be stabbing his knee with? It was, was a pencil. Oh, that was a pencil. It okay. looked like an EpiPen. No, I think it was like a pencil or a pen that he took from someone. So that's at so, least that's what Vince said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the thing he did. That was like a a thing he would do regularly. I, I will say, I had my pen in my hand and I just did it to myself just to see what it felt. It hurts. It hurts a lot. Yeah, yeah. He's you can't get better than McFoley. He's he will truly destroy himself and does. Um, for the sake of the, the show. I also, uh, I going back to, you know, Michael's being kind of a heel at times, he bit him. He yeah. bit, he bit his hand. To just, to just, which is to, such good booking. Like, it's such good booking to be like, your thing is the mandible claw. I'm going after your hand. I'm going to yeah. bite it. I'm going to smash it. I'm going to drag you by it. Like, that is good booking. Like, that is how wrestling matches should be. Like, there's a thought process right where like I am going to use a strategy to take you out yes. on this thing yeah. yeah it's really nice to see that being sort of consistent and I think it this is again we're seeing the beginning of the Attitude Era with these sort of anti-hero elements introduced in a way that we're so spoiled by now but is so cool at the time now one lingering question I have is was this a casket match no Oh, weird, because McMahon kept saying that over and over. It is not a casket match. <laughs> Five or six times. Like, this is not a casket match. Um, and that's obviously where we get that ending. You suckered me in there. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah where amazing match, amazing match, amazing match, Vader? I also feel like not only that, but it was a, the ending was botched. Like, it was clearly, I feel like Vader was supposed to get there faster than he did. Like Mick Foley, he was needs another kick in the head out. to teach him a fucking lesson. <laughs> yeah, like it feels like he shouldn't have kicked out. Vader should have been there to break up the pin before it was too late. But he got there. You could see Shawn Michaels looking for him, and I was like, yeah. "This ain't good. This uh, ain't good." It was a mess. It was a mess. I mean, the fucking the Undertaker in the coffin thing that was fucking dope. Was dope. That was fucking dope. And, so here's and, my question. And so so I went. I I like wave of emotions at the end there because I'm like I'm having so much fun. This is a great match. This is a great match. Wait, what? Oh, okay, okay. I'm back again. I'm back again. I'm back again. Yeah, the Vader thing made no sense. Uh, also, did you notice there was a guy in a green shirt just going, HBK, HBK, trying to get the whole crowd into it, but oh, nobody I, else Oh, was I know the guy it. that you're talking about. I did he notice was, that. He was very, very... The I only like, guy screaming I like him because he he's my favorite kind of wrestling fan where he's playing a part at the time where he know like like it's he's playing into the conceit and so he's playing the fan and he has his his cheers that he's coming up with and everything like that so he was playing the part of the recently divorced guy who is a little bit sad but like has been spending there are levels to his his alimony payments on wrestling tickets 
Yeah, I like it. Uh, no, he was great. Oh, I have a question. Where was the... How did the Undertaker get in that casket? Was think, he either... Hold on. Was he either... Did he come through some sort of trapdoor in the ring and get in? Or was he wheeled out underneath, under that curtain, to get into the false bottom casket? See, I don't think it was a false bottom. I think it was a false side. And it was pushed Whatever. up. To, pushed it was up near the ring. the ring. I think he was yeah. under the ring. Under and the there ring. was some okay. kind of like... That, that's what I always... That's what I thought... But then I was like, or maybe because there was a curtain on the side, you know yeah. what I mean? So I was like, maybe he was actually under there the whole time. Like, like can you imagine? <laughs> oh, like, so, <laughs> yeah. so I can't imagine what was funnier to me. Like, what, like him under ah. the ring, like, <laughs> or him under the, the thing being wheeled out, like, like were- both are funny. <laughs> Which one is funnier? Also, how, to this day, I don't understand how people do that. Like, there's a trap door under the ring, into the floor. That comes so. from? Yeah, there's definitely a trapdoor under there. Because that's how mankind got there, remember? Sure, sure. But when you watch like a yeah, basketball no, yeah, game so, or hockey or whatever, well, like there's then, a... Then what? They, I, I would assume that there's probably a So trap- every arena has a trapdoor in the middle of the Listen, arena? do you remember I mean, these were the days of David Copperfield? <laughs> Everybody... Like, it's like, like an insane thing. We're going to build Madison Square Garden and we got to have a trapdoor in the middle of the floor. And you're like, what? That seems crazy. That's it, a thing? I, 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 I think That's so. only for wrestling? It just seems... Insane to me. But it, when they see no, but, arenas, they're like, "Do you have a tra- excuse me? Do you have a trapdoor in the middle of the of the of the coffee part serve of their rider, center?" Yeah. yeah, like. But I feel like you probably need to be like. I feel like there's probably an understructure that you're going to be able to like get to things and everything because, yeah. like you know, like they put down the basketball court and they right, put right, down right. and the hockey rink. The, the, like the, the hockey, hockey rink, rink is probably there. They don't put down ice. That that's probably there under everything, right? You think that they just keep ice underneath? Like floors? This is what I'm saying. If you you think about it too long, you're like, wait, how does this work? Because I get what you're saying. I know that he's not like conjured from hell to come through the ring. You know what it is? Here's what it is. They brought him out. He's underneath. They bring the, the coffin up. He gets under the under the ring now. So now he's under the ring. Got it. And then he comes back in when it's time for his entrance. What they really should have done was they should have brought Sable out with a saw and have her just kind of do the <laughs> yeah. do the magician's assistant thing and just start cutting it, and then they can move two parts of the Undertaker. What do they do when there's no casket to wheel down? Listen, we're gonna talk to the people who have the Enron, like the who built the Enron Arena, yeah, and I, <laughs> smartest I guys know. in the room. <laughs> Who has the Olestra Arena that we have? <laughs> the Frito Lay. Uh, so let's talk about the end of the match when Shawn Michaels wins through like weird disqualification, messy shit. Sure. Uh, at some point, there's first of all, they give him an extended victory lap. It was so long. Well, yeah, because the like the match is done. The, the the chicanery has passed, and I hit pause to be like oh okay we're done right and there's seven minutes left in the pay-per-view there's it, it literally looks like at one point he's he's taking his laps and it looks like and, and he goes to the announcing table and Vince McMahon goes incredible incredible and I'm just like but it was I mean like he, it deserved, was. he deserved every second of it I think it was one of those moments where he's like my boy like this would like you take your take 100%, your lap yeah 100% uh, there's a point where in the ring he's like flexing and posing and he just keeps going like he's like turn turn he's like he's like using his hands and it looks like you know how when you are watching something that somebody has recorded on their iphone 
and you're always like stop shooting vertically just turn it turn it turn it that's what it looked like there was a person in the with an iphone shooting him in the crowd is this one of those weird time travel theories where you're like (laughs) you think you see jason statham in a picture from 1910 or whatever You've always been here, Jason. <laughs> uh, listen, watch it again because he definitely looks like he's. He looks oh, like I am he's not watching to... To, in your house ten mind games <laughs> no, ever. Honestly, again, I would except watch, for maybe that last. I match. would watch that last match again. This is, I think, the first match we've watched in. So this is the fourth pay per view we've watched, and this is the first match that I feel like I would watch again. This this is definitely one of the I would the greatest matches of. All time, so it's in, a very in between match. the seven hours of wrestling you watch on any given week. Oh my god, gonna... easily, 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 seven Just hours. Fit, a week. It, fit it in there on your yeah, commute. I totally. It brings me a lot of joy. Uh, what was the tattoo he was showing everybody? Was that like a special tattoo? Did you notice that he pulled down? He pulled down his tights at one point, and he was showing like a tattoo to everybody. That he I think there's a lot going on at the end here, Eric. That you were paying attention, and yeah. I was being like, "All right, I'm, I'm done watching <laughs> this I was one. Like, Pack it up." Yeah, no. Some of us take this shit seriously. <laughs> wow, you guys, you guys were not ready for the mind games. I was prepared. Uh, I, did you also notice that there was a, a like kind of a teenage girl in the crowd that was definitely trying to kiss him on the mouth? <laughs> She was just like, and he's just like, like kept giving her the cheek. Wow, that is me as fuck. Yeah, it was like a, it was like a poor redhead. Well, not poor because she was sitting like front row, but like a an unfortunate like redheaded like probably an awkward girl who uh, was definitely in love and trying to maybe sexually assault him a little. Jeez. That listen, I'm calling it as I see it. All right, uh, this has been so fun, and that was a great match. Uh, and I mean, if I I would have tried to kiss Shawn Michaels in the mouth after that too, I think it was. I mean, I would have kissed him on the mouth before that, but after for sure. Last little bit of business for years, WWE hosted a yearly award show called the Slammy Awards, and we end each episode of Hell in a Cell Phone with our own version of the Slammies in a segment we call. For your reconsideration. And I'm just going to go first because you all stepped on mine. I'm sorry. It's fine. It goes to the googly-eyed skeleton in the Raid Your Grandma's Craft Kit Award. Oh, how did we step on it? Because he was googly-eyed? Oh, I'm sorry. It's fine. And then I'm I'm sorry. I thought, I didn't even think, I thought thought what you said was fresh and and new to me. All right, well, I will... I will give. My, I would like to give my um, Philadelphia Tourism Board Award <laughs> to Mark Henry, the greatest tourism like uh, spokesman we can possibly ask for. He can come to your town and touch anything you'd like. I think that's a Kiwanis Lions Award, right? Like they, they present him with a, a big plaque. He can't get gold, but he can get that. Listen, go to Netflix. They'll greenlight this show. I would watch. Mark Henry touches the world. Look, uh, an I Olympian hate... abroad. Done. I hate to be dark, but they're looking for a host on Parts Unknown. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> too dark? All right, should we cut it? Too dark? Okay. No, I love it. Too dark. Let's do more. <laughs> too dark? I would watch Parts Unknown with Mark Henry. I'm just saying. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I love Anthony Bourdain. RIP truly, truly. What do you truly, think truly. Mark Henry would eat on Parts Unknown? I think it's a hamburger in every place. <laughs> He would find the McDonald's in every city, and he'd be like, I'll have... Excuse me, do you have a baked potato? Here we go. Just a little bit of butter, please. I love street food. 
Um, my my award is the fiery Texan, like no other, goes to Justin Hawk Bradshaw hey! and Billy Gunn. Ooh, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Hey, this sounds like a party I want to go it's, to. It's turns Uncle out Uncle Zemakai is there too. It, oh, no thanks. It turns out there are a lot of fiery Texans like no other in the WWF universe at this point. And McMahon doesn't know that there is that there's a difference. He just he calls it out like each person is like their own unique Texan snowflake. <laughs> All right, snowflakes, love us, disagree, want to give us an enziguri to the side of the head? Let us know. Email us at helenacellphone at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at helenacellpod. Or each of us individually, Eric at Prime Silver, Bobby at Bobby Hank, Aaron at Slow Pass. Please rate and review us on Apple. What is it? Apple Podcasts now? It's not even iTunes. It's anymore. not iTunes? I don't think so. I think it's Apple Podcasts now. Just, I don't know, we can say the I podcast app. So let's do another take of that. <laughs> Just if someone asks you to rate and review, do it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> wherever you're listening to us right now, rate it, review it. <laughs> And be sure, even, even just in in person, if if you're like, hey, what are you listening to? <laughs> this five star podcast. It, it's five stars. I would like to say that uh, some sometimes they go a little long. <laughs> <laughs> and be sure to join us next time for In Your House Eleven: Buried Alive. Hell yes. He had to swallow first. Oh.